I couldn't look at him at first because it was so much emotions. I believe in genetics and I really believe DNA doesn't lie. Many people are aware of the civil war taking place in Colombia through most of the 1900s. However, not many people know how it impacted the people in Colombia at the time. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Branco. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and I'm also an assistant professor in school and clinical mental health counseling. My name is Fernando Lucumi, and I'm working as a stand-up comedian and an actor. Eleven years ago, I started my journey, my search for my family in Colombia. Hi, my name is Ivan Andreas. I'm 35 years old and I'm living in Holland, Amsterdam. I was never that much searching for family because I'm brought up in a very nice family. I have a sister, also adopted from Colombia. It's not my biological sister, but now she's my sister. I was brought up in a very wide world uh, and that was never a big problem. But the only thing I missed was looking like someone or look someone in the eye and can say, oh, that's a part of me. There's not a lot of research about Colombian adoptees, which is amazing to me because Colombian adoption has been in existence since the 1960s. And often Colombian adoptees are lumped in with other adopted populations, namely Korean or other countries. So there, there are not a lot of studies that just look at our experience. <laughs> I did in my past some TV work. So uh, there was a program named Sporlos in Holland. And they asked me if I was interested of searching. And I thought, yeah, that's fine. But from my adoption papers, there was nothing that could lead to something. Because I did the search with my father and with my mother. And uh, we, we digged very much into the papers. And there was nothing to hang up something on. But then my sister here in Holland, Maria said, okay, I would like to search also. So I thought, okay, uh, if that helps Maria, then uh, I will do that. We started the search with Sporlos four years ago. And one year later, we went to Colombia with my sister. When I went there 11 years ago, I want to know more about my family in Colombia. And I wanted to find my goal was to find my mother and father. I was very nervous because I had heard very negative stuff about Colombia. When I went there, it was everything opposite of that. It was warm, the people was great. It was music everywhere, salsa music everywhere. You look and the people that I didn't even know, they, they, they said they welcomed me with open arms. It is vibrant, it is green, colorful. It also is a country that holds a lot of pain and trauma, as well as resilience. I had really high hopes that I'm gonna find my biological parents, but I didn't, so, and that was, uh, yeah, that was sad, really. After the, the trip to Colombia, 
Uh, I had it very difficult with the fact that my sister found the whole thing and I didn't. I wish my sister the stars and the moon and everything from gold, but it was very hard to see her having that what I would like to have for myself. When I came back to Stockholm, uh, I, I was really disappointed, so I stopped searching. The first research task I did with adoptees from Colombia was looking at those adoptees who had discovered that their adoption narratives or information that they were given by their adoption agencies was ultimately proven to be false. And it looked at their efforts to find their first or birth families that were not successful because there were so many discrepancies in their adoption paperwork. And I triangulated that information with what we know about other uh, sources, journalistic sources through the years about some of the problematic practices in Colombian adoption that created the system where people didn't have accurate information and therefore they couldn't find their first families. What makes you... You. With my heritage DNA, you'll discover who you are and where your ancestors came from. I saw an advertising on YouTube from my heritage and I thought, bomb, that's the only way for me to find something because the papers cannot tell me anything and Dana doesn't lie, so let's go for that. In the beginning, I was really hesitant because I didn't want the bad experience gonna ha happen again, but I said to myself, you know, Yes, do it, like Nike commercial would say. In 2021, I went to Bali, my happy place. And after a party, I got an email from my heritage that they found my close family. That's what I read. I pressed on DNA search and then it said, we have found your brother. I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know if my heritage was 100%, you know, it was true. How can they know that? Like how? I didn't believe it. I think I cried a uh, whole day, like a baby, because it was just, um, it was so important to for me, and it was so in the core of things. I wrote to my brother, like, Hello, brother. I think we are siblings. I don't know if it's true. It seems like that we are family. Uh, what do you think? If it is, holla back. Bye. I sent it straight away something back. The first time we spoke, it was the same day, actually. It was the same day I got uh, the news that he was my brother. It was fun. It was, we really clicked. We spoke about our lives very much in the first uh, conversation. I think we called for one and a half hour. And he told me his life, and I told him my life till now. So the second time we talked, we talked more about when we're going to meet up. So we did work, paper, scissors, and I won. So he went to me. Let's meet. Oh, man. Subscribe. Yeah, you're good. You're good. The first time I met him, it felt strange, really strange. I couldn't, I couldn't look at him at first because it was so much emotions. But it was like a couple of seconds, I couldn't look at him, but I, then he said, but you, knew, you knew you need to look at me because otherwise it's strange. And I said, yeah, that's true. I need to look at you. Uh, but it was fun. We had, it, was, it was really relaxed. He's a really wonderful person. 
I have a very good family here in Holland. Uh, I love my parents and my sister, but we don't look alike. When I saw pictures of Fernando already and I knew that we have similarities, looking in someone's eyes and see, okay, that's a part of me, that means a lot. If you don't know your history, it's like being a tree without any roots. And a lot of bikes, and a lot of bikes. What's wrong with this? A lot of bikes. Okay. This is my sister. Playing here. Oh, you want to see this? This is you. Yes, this is me, yeah. When are you coming with your kids? Hopefully, I'm going to come with my kids. Next time, I'm going to come. So, yeah. When that will be here, you never know. You never know. But maybe a couple of weeks, hopefully. Yeah, it's going to fun. When I started my search for DNA, I also had contact with a, with a woman in Holland, Anke Himstra, an amazing person that found families of adoptive people through my heritage, through DNA. So uh, I called her after I spoke with Fernando and I told her, I found someone, I think it's my half-brother from my mother's side, but I don't know. And she said, okay, send me all your data and let's search. So I had my adoption papers when I came to Sweden, uh, when I was six months old. So I only, so that is the only truth that I had. In my adoption papers, uh, they said that my mother called Lucy, uh, and uh, his mother. He has a full name of his mother, and that was Aida Lucia Carabelli. So when we saw that, we thought straight away, okay, so we have the same mother. So we thought, okay, that's the. The connection. While Detective Todd started to working on our case, I started to work as well, search for my cousin's mother, and I found my cousin's mother uh, through Facebook. So the detective contacted the person that I found out, and she said, we have uh, Fernando and Ivan. Do you know anything about them? And then the cousin's mother said, it sounds like this can be one of my sisters. So I got her number, I called her, and she answered, and I said, Hola, mama, está bien. Hi, mother, how are you? She couldn't believe it because she didn't want to do an adoption. So, yeah, 38 years, she had, like, thinking about that all the, every day because she thought that she it was wrong what she did, and she, like, wondered, like, what had happened because she was young. The detective told me that we don't have the same mother, we have the same father. Because she found out my mother. And my mother told me that I only adopted one. But... We found the mother of Fernando and uh, she was my only link of uh, finding my family. So we uh, pushed her a little bit. Fernando was very much helping me because he spoke with his mother every day. And he was very much asking her, who is my father? Uh, because that's the only line that can help my brother to find his family. And his mother didn't want to talk about that because she said it's a very hard time for me 30 years ago and I w just want to forget it. But in the end she did and she told us who was the father. Uh, and that was Elliot. He, he passed away 17 years ago. So we could not ask him anything. But he had 10 children. So uh, they were very happy to speak with us. When I found out that I had 11 siblings, I got numbers like directly from my mother because they, she knew everybody as well from my father's side. 
And yeah, the same thing that I started to talk to my, to my mother, I start to call them as well. We had a very good connection. And now I found that part. I also wanted to find my mother. We made an advertising for uh, the area in Villa Vicencio. And the woman that was on my adoptive papers as the daycare woman, her grandson reacted on that advertising from, hey, that's my mom. She took care of you. And we didn't have a daycare. She told me you were neighbors. You lived next to us uh, with your mom and with two older brothers. And your mom was also pregnant. And she told us if I could take care of you for a week. Uh, but she never came back. So we uh, hold you for three months. Uh, then we needed to give you to, to child support because we didn't have the money. But she never heard the, the last name of my mother, only her first name, and that was Lucy. So again, that was the end of that line. During the 1960s and early 1970s, there was a confluence of events in Colombia that created what we now know as the National Adoption Program. And the, those events had largely to do with the displacement of many people from rural regions because of the Civil War coming into more urban areas uh, for safety reasons. However, unfortunately, this created significantly more impoverished conditions because there was not enough employment for all the people coming in from being displaced from rural communities. Therefore, there was an increase of children being abandoned and an increase of what is called in Spanish gamines, which were children in essence who were living on the streets. And in response to these conditions, the Colombian government created a system of adoption. Two weeks later, I got a message from a woman that told me that she was the sister of Lucy, that, that I looked like the family. Her children looked like me and uh, that Lucy, my mother, had uh, um, a lot of children. She had 11 children. Uh, she was very poor. Uh, she could not take care of, of, of the children. She passed away also two years ago, she had cancer. But yeah, she was sure that, that she was my mother. So I spoke with uh, her children, her, my half brothers and sisters, uh, and we did a test. And yeah, that was true. She, were, she was my mama and, and, and they were my brothers and sisters. It's strange because DNA wise, they are family. And what makes you family is uh, speaking to each other and be a part of someone's life and know their thoughts. And that's something what I do now with Fernando. We speak very often and we beca we became family because I know how he is and he knows how, how I am. And that's more than only DNA. Most of the participants in my studies talked about several emotional experiences that occurred with them throughout the entire search and reunion process, namely loss and grief feelings, lots of feelings of shame or guilt, uh, either their own personal shame or guilt, sometimes the guilt related to finding families who were in a vastly different economic situation than they were, who had different, oftentimes much fewer opportunities than the adoptees in my study. I wanted to, to know them by heart, to know them how they live. Uh, and there are two difficulties about that, and that's language 
that's something that I, I, I trying to learn now. But the other thing is that they are very poor. And if you find two or three or four sisters, brothers, whatever, you can help them uh, with a little bit money. But now I have twenty uh, two, and I I would love to help them financially, but that's not possible. If you want to know someone, and you want to speak about your your day, but they don't have the money to buy food, then you cannot speak about anything else because that's the main thing. This story can be important for people that want to search because it can open up a lot of things in their life that they're not ready for but i think if you are ready for it you're not ready nobody's ready for for it you don't know how how it's gonna end up but i think maybe it can be an inspiration this story can be an inspiration for people that want to to do the same journey that i have done it was very nice to find fernando as the first even now i have 23 he is my most important brother 